Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome back. Sorry for the week off, but I am now back, back in the New York groove. Yeah. Uh, back from the first leg of our tour. Uh, thank you to everyone who came out. Thank you to the uh, small handful of people who uh, saw me in person and said that they listened to the show. Uh, you are the the elite. Hell yeah. The the the, the highest caliber of a uh, of Wade content fan. <laughs> The chosen few. Yes. The few of the proud. The Wadeens. Uh, the Wadeens. Um, <laughs> so I'm just pit, picking hair off my microphone. Yes. I'm doing a little ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to like that? I don't know. Maybe. Tap, 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 tap. Um, so, what is the book? It's, called, it's Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. We left in the middle of a kind of annoying segment, which is... Unfortunate, but what, what, where do we leave off? What was the last thing? Idris Arslanian is oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He's... is wandering blindfolded around the establishment. He's currently talking to Pemulus, who's trying to explain nuclear fusion to him oh, or yes, fission yes, or yes, one yes. of the fusions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's where we can start. <laughs> okay, great. Let's get let's the, get into it. The important thing you assure me is is impending. Yeah, well, it's it's a, it's a little while away. Hang in there. Uh, Shall we? Yes. All right. So yeah, he did. Pemulus just explained some very complicated nuclear uh, shit. Dude, this guy's hitting the ref with his tennis racket. Well, I think you chose a, a YouTube video to watch that's like crazy tennis moments. So wow. that would be one. Oh, okay. You yeah. picked you picked a click clickbait tap uh, sp- uh serve serve, serve bait. bait yes volley bait. My head is spinning on its axis. <laughs> Just a moving right triangular cycle of interdependence and waste creation and utilization. See? And when are we going to get you out on the old Eschaton map for a little geopolitical sparring, arse, what with the hands and wicked lob? Incidentally, the arrhythmic meaty whacking sound is Booger hitting himself in the thigh and chest in there, which self-abuse is a textbook symptom of an anxiously depressed episode. With this, I can create sympathy. For, confusing to me, fusion produces no waste. This we are taught in the science of my home nation. This is the very essence of the promise of the attraction of fusion for a densely populous and waste-impacted nation such as mine. We are taught fusion to be self-sufficient and wasteless perpetuation. Alas, my need to visit the lavatory is becoming distended. But except no, although this was the very roadblock that had stymified annulation and what had to be overcome and was overcome, though in a way so unintuitive and abstracto-conceptual that this is where your third-world educational system's really sadly in need of like a massive up-to-date textbook airlift or something. It's also at just this point in the fusion wastelessness problem where our own glorious optical founder, Inks X Da, Mrs. Inks, (laughs) poor cuck, I know who you refer I know, yeah, I know who you refer. The man himself, at just this point, makes his final lasting contribution to state science after he quit designing neutron diffusion reflectors for defense. You've seen the Coprolite plaque in Tavis's office. This is from the AEC for the Inkster's Dawes like lasting contribution to the energy of waste. The purpose for which I was on the stairs and became disoriented was to visit a lavatory. This was long ago. Hold your water one second, is all this will take. You wouldn't even fucking be here without Ink's Da, you know? What the guy did was he helped design these special holographic conversions so the team that worked on annulation could study the behavior of subatomics in highly poisonous environments without getting poisoned themselves. 
could this be how he like watches the entertainment? It's because he has a special thing to like view it through. The so that's how, how he didn't get like addicted to it. Uh, how how himself did? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Mm. The they thus are studying holographic conversions of the poisons instead of the poisons. Mm. Men's sanity in corporate sterno are like an optical glove box, the ultimate <laughs> prophylactic. Please conduct me. <laughs> like, but for instance, did your nation know that the whole annular theory behind a type of fusion that can produce waste that's fuel for a process whose waste is fuel for the fusion? The whole theory behind the physics of it comes out of medicine? This means what? A bottle of medicine? The study of medicine, ours. Your part of the world takes annular medicine for granted now, but the whole idea of treating cancer by giving the cancer cells themselves cancer, uh, cancer cells themselves cancer, was anathematic just a couple decades back. Anathematic? As in like radical, fringe, wacko. Laughed out of town on a rail by quote, mainstream established science, whose idea of treatment was to like poison the whole body and see what was left. Though annular chemotherapy did start out kind of wacko, you can see these early microphotos Shaq's got that poster of that he won't take down even after you're sick of it. The early microphotos of cancer cells getting force-fed micro-massive quantities of overdone beef and diet soda, <laughs> forced to chain-smoke micro-sized Marlboros near tiny little cellular phones. Which takes us to end note 238. Quad V here, chapter 7. Quote, it all started with a colorecto neoplastis, an openness to communicative manifestations of divine grace, and a seedy-looking fellow that publicly lifted a chair he was standing on that was clearly just such a manifestation, unquote. In The Chill of Inspiration, Spontaneous Reminiscences by 17 Pioneers of DT Cycle Lithiumized Annular Fusion, Edited by Professor Dr. Gunther Sperber, Institute für Neutronenphysik und Reaktortechnik, Kernforschungszentrum Karlsruhe URG, available in English, in ferociously expensive hardcover only, copyright YTMP, from Springer Verlag, Wien, uh, New, New York. NB, that while the annular meta-disease treatment is highly effective on metastatic cancer, it proves a disappointment on the HIV spectrum viri, since AIDS is itself a meta-disease. So I guess in this world, he's cancer has been cured, <laughs> but but, AIDS but not is still, AIDS. Yes, AIDS is still an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to the text. Get Joe Biden on that. Yeah, Joe Joe Byron, get all up in that. Yes, you you don't you have like eighteen months left to cure cancer. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna give the cancer cancer man. Give give the cancer cancer. See what happens. I am first standing upon one foot, then upon another foot. Except in corollarying out of the micromedical model was this equally radical idea that maybe you could achieve a high-waste annulating fusion by bombarding highly toxic radioactive particles with massive doses of stuff even more toxic than the radioactive particles. A fusion that feeds on poisons and produces relatively stable plutonium fluoride and uranium tetrafluoride. All you turn out to need is access to mind-staggering volumes of toxic material. Therefore, placing the natural fusion site in the Great Concavity. Roger and Yavul. Here things get abstractly (laughs) furry, and I'll just skim through the fact that the only kertwang in the whole process environmentally is that the resultant fusion turns out so greedily efficient that it sucks every last toxin and poison out of the surrounding ecosystem, all inhibitors to organic growth for hundreds of radial clicks in every direction. Is this why the infants are so large? I guess, yeah. And why everything's like very like lush and like yeah. overgrown? Yeah, because there's no like um, like you know mushrooms to like break it down, break down the thing. Yeah. Hence the eastern concavity of anxiety and myth. You end up with a surrounding environment so fertilely lush it's practically unlivable. 
a rainforest on sterobotic <laughs> <sterobolic> anoids. <laughs> Close enough. Therefore, rapacial feral hamsters and insects of Volkswagen size and infantile giganticism and the unmachetable regions of forests of the mythic eastern concavity. Yes, ours. And you find you need to keep steadily dumping in toxins to keep the uninhibited ecosystem from spreading and overrunning more ecologically stable areas, exhausting the atmosphere's poisons so that everything hyperventilates, and thus and such. So this is why EWD's major catapulting is from the metro area due north. This is kind of like describing a uh, like a reverse climate change. Like rather than you might think of the concavity as like an arid wasteland, but it's actually like a very lush rainforest. Yeah, it's like over CO2 eyes or I don't know. I didn't see hereditary, but is that or what am I thinking? Not hereditary. Annihilation. Annihilation. Is that is that kind of I saw the trailer? Uh, yeah, and it looked like it was like a cool, fun area with yeah, lots of plants and flowers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, my understanding of that movie is they find a cool zone that that is more trees, and then they <laughs> go into it and they also become trees and bears and All stuff. Right, I don't yeah. know. We'll have to watch that movie. Sure. Let us know. Somebody let us know if Annihilation is good or not. Yeah, they should make a a movie called Concavity. Concavity. Oh, how about a movie just set in the world of Infinite Jest that's not Infinite Jest? <laughs> The Infinite Jest Extended Universe. The, the IJCU. Uh, into the Eastern Concavity, keeping it at bay. See how it all comes together? Mr. Thorpe will evince keen disappointment if I resort to remove my blindfold to locate a lavatory. Ours, I hear you. I hear fine. You don't need to go on and on. The thing to keep in mind for if you have to take Watson is the cyclic effects of the waste delivery infusion. Major catapulting is on what days? The days which are in each month, prime numbers, until midnight. (laughs) Which eradicates the overgrowth until the toxins are fused and utilized. The satellite scenario is that the eastern part of grid three goes from overgrown to wasteland to overgrown several times a month. With the first week of the month being especially barren and the last week being like nothing on earth. As if time itself were vastly sped up. As if nature itself had desperately to visit the lavatory. (laughs) (laughs) Accelerated phenomena, which is actually equivalent to an incredible slowing down of time. The mnemonic rhyme Watson tried to get the book to remember here is Wasteland to Lush, times in no rush. (laughs) Decelerated time, I have got you. And this is what the book's saying is eating him alive the worst, conceptually. He says he's toast if he can't wrap his head around the concept of time in flux, conceptually. It jacklights him for the whole annular model overall. Granted, it's abstract, but you should see him. One half of the face is like spasming around while the half with the mole just like hangs there, staring like a bunny you're about to run over. Lyle's trying to walk him real slowly through the most basic kitty physical principles of the relativity of time in extreme organic environments in between Booger's trips back to the sauna. The irony for the Booger man is you don't really even have to know that much about the temporal flux stuff since Watson's forehead gets all mottled and pruny looking when he thinks about it himself. Do not please necessitate begging from me, Idris Arslanian. The eastern concavity, of course, being a whole different kettle of colored horses from what Ink calls the barren eleotical wastes of the western concavity, let me tell you. I will let you tell me anything as long as it is told to me over the porcelain of a lavatory. (laughs) Interesting step you're doing there, Id, I have to say. I beg without frequency. My home culture views begging as low caste. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, ours, I'm standing here thinking we could work something out, maybe. I commit no illegal or degrading acts, but I will, if forced, beg. 
Forget that. I'm just thinking. You're Muslimic, isn't that right? <laughs> Muslimic. <laughs> Devoutly, I pray five times daily in the prescribed fashion. I eschew representational art and carnality in all its 4,404 forms and guises. Body like a temple and such like. I eschew neither stimulants nor depressing compounds past my lips as is prescribed in the holy teachings of my faith. Wondering if you had any specific plans for this urine you're so anxious to get rid of ours, then. I'm not following. Let's say we hash it all out over some porcelain, then, brother. Mike Pemulus, you are in motion a prince and in repose a sage. <laughs> brother, it'll be a cold day and a warm climate when this kid right here is in repose. <laughs> That's the end of that segment. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> More uh, nuclear uh, power. Gotta get things. that clean I, urine somehow. I mean, yeah. They're in big trouble. About the clean, the clean urine, and I guess it's a little more little world building in the in the form of overly verbose descriptions of fusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's keep going. All right. Yeah. Let's keep going. Uh, it was strange upon strange. It was almost as if the legless and pathologically shy punting groupies were somehow afraid of moments Juno-esque Miss Steeply. Orin had seen his last wheelchair the day before she came up, and now, he realized, driving, it was only hours after she'd left that they were now back with their shy ruses. <laughs> the excitement, hope, acquisition, contempt cycle of seduction always left Orin stunned and wrung out and not at his quickest on the uptake. Uh, it was... Only sorry, it was only after he'd cleaned up and dressed and exchanged the standard compliments and assurances, taken the elevator's glass pod down the tall hotel's round glass core into the lobby, gone out through the pressurized revolving door into the scalp crackling gust of Phoenix heat, waited for the car's directional AC to render the steering wheel touchable, and then injected himself into the teeming arteries of Route 85 and Bell Road West, back out towards Sun City, ruminating as he drove, that it crutwanged on him that the handicapped man at the hotel room's door had had a wheelchair, that it was the first wheelchair he'd seen since Hal hit him with his theory, and that the legless surveyor had had, stranger, the same Swiss accent as the hand model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it for that section. We can move on back to Lens. Okay. Our boy. Great. We don't have, I don't, I'm not sure if we'll be able to read the whole thing, but we can do okay. it a little bit. More, more lo- this doesn't have to be terribly long. We're easing back into our We're easing back into it. We'll do another one, uh, at least one more this week. Yeah. En route, our Lens's mouth rise and he scratches at the little rhinophemic rash and sniffs terribly and complains of terrible late autumn leaf mold allergies. <laughs> Forgetting that Bruce Green knows all too well what coke hydrolysis's symptoms are from having done so many lines himself back when life with M. Bonk was one big party. Lens details how the vegetarian new Joel girl's veil is because of this condition people get where she's got only one eye that's right in the middle of her forehead from birth <laughs> like a seahorse and asks Green not to even think of asking how he knows this fact. While Green acts his lookout while Lenz relieves himself against a Market Street dumpster, Lenz swears Green to secrecy about how poor old scarred-up diseased Charlotte Treat had sworn him to secrecy about her secret dream and sobriety was to someday get her GED and become a dental hygienist specializing in educating youngsters pathologically frightened of dental anesthesia because her dream was to help youngsters and but how she feared her virus had placed her secret dream forever out of reach. Which takes us to note 239. 
Because she'd been sworn, he'd been sworn to secrecy, Green doesn't tell Lens that Charlotte Treat had shared with Green that her adopted father had been one-time chair of the Northeast Regional Board of Dental Anesthesiologists and had been pretty liberal with the use of the old N2O and theopental sodium around the Treat's Revere, Massachusetts household for personal and extremely unsavory reasons. Back to the text. All the way up to... All the way up the Spurs Harvard Street toward Union Square in a barely northwest vector, Lens consumes several minutes and less than 20 breaths, sharing with Green some painful family of origin issues about how Lens's mother, Mrs. Lens, a thrice divorcee and data processor, was so unspeakably obese she had to make her own moo-moos out of brocade drapes and cotton tablecloths. And never once did come to Parents' Day at Bishop Anthony McDiardama Elementary School in Fall River, Massachusetts, because the parents had to sit in the youngsters' little liftable desktop desks during the Parents' Day presentation and skits. And the one time Mrs. L hove her way down to B-A-M-E-S for Parents' Day and tried to seat herself at little Randall L's desk between Mrs. Lamb and Mrs. LaRue, she broke the desk into kindling and needed four stocky cranberry farmer dads and a textbook dolly to arise back up from the classroom floor and never went back, fabricating thin excuses of busyness with data processing and basic disinterest in Randy L's schoolwork. Lenz shares how then in adolescence, his, his mother died because one day she was riding a Greyhound bus from Fall River, Massachusetts, north to Quincy, Massachusetts, to visit her son in a Commonwealth Youth Corrections facility Lenz was doing research for a possible screenplay in. Uh-huh. And dur- during the voyage on the bus, she had to go potty, and she was in the bus's tiny potty in the rear of the bus, going about her private business of going potty, as she later testified. And even though it was the height of winter, she had the little window of the potty wide open for reasons Lens predicts Green doesn't want to hear about on the northbound bus. And how this was one of the last years of unsubsidized ordinational year dating and the final fiscal year that actual maintenance work had ever been done on the Infernus six-lane commuter-ravaged Commonwealth Route 24 from Fall River to Boston South Shore by the pre-Onanite Governor Claproods Commonwealth Highway Authority. And the Greyhound bus encountered a poorly marked under-construction area where 24 was all stripped down to the dimpled iron sheeting below and was tooth-rattlingly striated and chuckled and torn up and just in general basically a mess. And the poor marked, poorly marked and unflag-manned <laughs> debris plus the excessive speed of the northbound bus made it jounce god-awfully, the bus, and swerve violently to and fro- forth. Uh, fighting to maintain control of what there was of the road, and passengers were hurled violently from their seats while, meanwhile, back in the closet-sized rear potty, Mrs. Lenz, right in the process of going potty, was hurled from the toilet by the first swerve and proceeded to do some high-velocity and human-waste-flinging pinballing back and forth against the potty's plastic walls. And when the bus finally regained total control and resumed course, Mrs. Lenz had, freakishly enough, ended her human pinballing with her bare and unspeakably huge backside wedged tight in the open window of the potty, so forcefully ensconced into the recesticle that she was <laughs> recesticle, that she was unable to extricate. And the bus continued on its northward uh, sojourn the rest of the way up 24, with Mrs. Lenz's bare backside protruding from the ensconcing window, prompting car horns and derisive oratory from other vehicles. And Mrs. Lenz's plaintiff shouts for help, were unavailed by the passengers that were arising back up off the floor and rubbing their sore noggins and hearing Mrs. Lenz's mortified screams from behind the potty's locked reinforced plastic door, but were unable to 
excretate her because the potty's door locked from the interior by sliding across a deadbolt that made the doors outside say occupied slash occupado slash occupé and the door was locked and Mrs. Lenz was wedged beyond the reach of arm length and couldn't reach the deadbolt no matter how plaintively. Look, I've been inside uh, bu- bus bathrooms and I do not buy the physics of this description. I've, I've never been in a bus bathroom that had a window. Uh, well, I just, I can't imagine how big, how it would have to be simultaneously big enough to bounce around, but it's small enough to wedge in yeah, well, and not be able to reach the deadbolt. I'm not, I'm but, not sure. I mean, I'll, I'll suspend my disbelief suspend for, comic, disbelief. Belief, yes, for, for thank comic effect. Thank you. Um, wedged beyond the reach of arm length and couldn't reach the deadbolt no matter how plaintively she reached out her mammoth fat waddled arm. And like fully 88% of all clinically obese Americans, Mrs. Lenz was diagnosed clinically claustrophobic and took prescription medication for anxiety and ensconcement phobias. And she ended up successfully filing a seven-figure suit against Greyhound Lines and the almost defunct Commonwealth Highway Authority for psychiatric trauma, public mortification, and second-degree frostbite and received such a morbidly obese settlement from the Dukakis-appointed 18th Circus Civil Court that when the check arrived in an extra-long size envelope to accommodate all the zeros, Mrs. L. lost all will to data process, or cook, or clean, or nurture, or finally even move, simply reclining in a custom-designed 1.5-meter-wide recliner, watching interlaced gothic romances, and consuming mammoth volumes of high-lipid pastry brought on gold trays by a pastry chef she'd had put at her individual 24-hour disposal and outfitted with a cellular beeper, until four months after the huge settlement, she ruptured and died, her mouth so crammed with peach cobbler that the paramedics were hapless to administer CPR, which Len says he knows, by the way, CPR. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Do you want to stop there? Or? How, how long has that been? That's about 21 minutes. I mean, that's fa- fairly short for us, but... What, what do you think? It's, uh, up, it's up to you. Yeah, we, we can keep some shorter episodes going through this uh, this right. tour thing. Uh, was that, Did I catch that implication right that uh, in, in this world, Dukakis uh, was elected president? Or is that referring to Dukakis when he was governor, governor. of Massachusetts? I want to say governor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, one of one of the uh, ties to the former real world that the the DFW uses yes. to uh, gr- ground the fantasy in some kind of so, real context. So, what do you you make of the Idris Ar- Arslanian bit? I mean, I think they're just trying to. It's expository. Yeah, just trying to explain what hyperfluoration cycles are. Yeah, which you know they're talking about the. The idea that time moves differently in the concavity, which I don't know, is suggesting some sort of like quantum something. Yes, like we're we're getting into the metaverse or something. I don't know. Like, I I, I think they're just trying to explain why, rather than like a, a a apocalyptic dead zone, it's like a beautiful like lush yeah. tropical area. Yeah. I I mean I guess yeah and then and just give that concept of of something that is um um harmed or diseased by overgrowth. Yeah, right. You know, which and I needs guess to be like held like, back yeah. by the wall the plexiglass wall slash like the more the more energy they get, the more waste they need, which mm-hmm. means that they need to like keep chucking stuff into the concavity. Right. Forever. Um and I mean, I guess the 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 harm from overgrowth would relate to why they you know started talking about cancer and or like brought in cancers. 
Yeah. And stuff. Like get yeah, giving you the the taste of the the bad medicine to yeah. see if it it kills it. Which I guess then, you know, maybe there's also something there about the the general uh, entropy of life, how no matter what what solutions we try to solve for like being humans on this planet, it's all going to turn it creates more problems. <laughs> yes. It, it really it really do be like that. Yeah. Uh society So why bother? <laughs> <laughs> Society really is above (laughs) uh, human society and and civilization is more than anything more uh, a uh, problem generating machine. Yeah, we we we're not. Yeah, (laughs) the the bad seems to outweigh the good, uh, regardless of what of what we do. Yeah, it's like Uh, that's no reason to be a jerk. Yeah, well, every solution you get just generates two more problems. Yeah. Uh, and every every revolution, like doing, say something like inventing the automobile, yeah, which seems like my God, great for the first time ever in our history, we can traverse these dis- the distances we have dreamed of traversing. Yeah, and I don't uh, have to feed my horse so much yeah, anymore. I don't like, have to like run, but God, how many problems? So many. I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of if there's like a more recent. I mean, even also. I guess to connect it that in 1996 or five or whatever, he finished this manuscript. Uh, he appears to think that cell phones uh, cause, cause cancer. He, li- sure. he listed that, which uh, <laughs> I think that's a, that was a probably a reasonable thing to think in yeah. 1996 when well, had, those bricks were coming out. I was well, like, what are they doing to our heads? Yeah. We've had self cellular phones widely used for what getting on 25 years now. I feel like if there was real, cancer causing phenomenon there we would have certainly started to hear about it i would i would think so but yeah correct me if i'm wrong maybe yes. there's stuff going on we also, don't know about also very 90s uh the idea of diet soda causing cancer yes exactly which again i mean yeah. i've i've said before that uh hu- human beings we we i think we made a deal with the devil when we created diet coke <laughs> like it shouldn't a volume of of something that has that taste and texture should have calories. Yes. And it's a it's a middle finger to God that it doesn't and we will pay for it. Yes. Yeah. That's just like the 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 Bud Light next to yes. make a a carb-free beer. Yeah. It's just it's on it's on natural. It's go yeah, it's going against what you would think of as yes. like the basic laws of matter, right? Yes, exactly. Of like if there's a if there's a cup of beer, there should be carbs in it. Yes. But there's still liquid and it still gets you drunk, but there's no carbs. So what it's, else did you put in it, man? Yeah, what's in there? What's in there? What's in the can? What's in the next? What's in the can? What happened? <laughs> they won't tell us. They won't tell us. It's a closely guarded trade secret. You'll have to do your own research. <laughs> and then uh, Oren slowly coming to a uh, realization of like... That he's been gang stalked by... Uh, gang stalked by, by French Canadians. Yeah. It's not, let me just say, it's not looking good for him. Yeah. We, once you hear, he hasn't heard the squeak, mm-hmm. but we've seen what happens when you hear the squeak. And it's, it's not good. There's it, no time to bargain once you're uh, It's true, but also there. why, I don't know why they would, he's, he seems dumb and also willing to divulge endless amounts of information. I don't see why he would need to be eliminated as a target. You know, I'm curious, this is where like the timeline stuff gets a little wonky, is that mm-hmm. are steeply, and Morath communicating about their individual like uh, eyes on on Orin because obviously mm-hmm. Hugh slash Helen has has been clocking him and Morath's squad seems to be circling in on him. But Presumably. are they in communication about what they both are doing, or is that something that they sort of a trade yes. secret? I don't know if they're if they're coordinating on on <laughs> yeah. Orin. Yeah, doesn't seem like it, but they very well could be, especially since Morath is 
quadruple crossing his uh yes um his home country. Oh god, I forgot about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh is um Oh, I I guess we ass- we are to assume that that the conversation on the hilltop in Arizona mm. takes place fairly immediately before the steeply or yes. an interview. Or I think it's like happening possibly... right around the time cuz they're in Arizona. Yeah. So, I think she's doing that like she's in mid she's mid work. She's mid work. Mid job. Um and does because basically all we've seen of Oren is one day in his life. Yeah, he was. He woke up and the bird, the bird and jacuzzi. then looked at the ants and roaches and uh, and then, then he talked, talked to Helen. Hal. Oh yeah, talked to Hal, then talked to Helen, then. Uh, when is the met conversation with Hal in uh, Hal's? timeline before or after eschaton do we remember i think it might be um right before because okay. it's no it's november in the year the depend adult undergarment and i, <laughs> I don't i'm think... sure there's somebody who has made a very detailed timeline of well this. so someone has put this in chronological order like actually reordered and i book. read it actually before we started this podcast um, you read the chronologicalized version yeah, of well no no oh, not the full text the a recap of the plot it's so just like what chunks go go yeah saying, okay great which i need to now refresh now that i'm like midway through and, and this stuff starting to get complicated yeah um so maybe i'll do that to be more helpful because i'm not i don't feel very helpful right now <laughs> I, I would like to I, at this point i feel like i can look it up well maybe some stuff you don't you don't want to spoil it no spoils no, no spoilers for this book that was written yeah <laughs> several decades ago uh and then um of course on to um what's his name Lens. Lens. Randy Lens. Yes. Lens is all coked up talking to Bruce Green. About his his awful mother. Yeah. Uh, though I feel like there's, you know, at this point it's been established that that basically all the stuff that he self-relays has a tenuous relationship with uh, truth. Yeah. Um, he knows CPR. He knows CPR. Does he though? Um, have we done a casting for Randy, Randy Lens yet? No. No. Well, you know, I feel like one of the guys from Always Sunny. Who's the guy who has like slicked back hair, kind of, or like Mac? In, yeah, I think he would be good for Randy Lenz. I'm, I'm thinking Honestly, more like any of Glenn, the guys. Glenn Howerton than if you're sure. going from there, like a real like kind of like wide eyed psychopath. Yeah, I think I think that uh, is good. I also think you you could cast. He would have to be a slightly different type of guy, but I can see Adam Driver doing an okay job. Adam Driver, his most manic. Yeah, it is most manic and yeah. sleazy. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But Randy isn't, I don't think he's a tall guy. No. He's I, got, I, he's a short, n- non king I picture him as, <laughs> as kind of like a, 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 a sweaty dweeb. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's walking around in like a sport coat and. Uh, yeah, but it's like tattered, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's a little off brand um, and maybe covered in dog blood. <laughs> <laughs> that he's like washed out he's got i mean he's walking around with a meatloaf in his pockets he's yes. a loser <laughs> he's a loser apologies if anyone goes around with walking around with pocket. meatloaf in your pockets uh acceptable to carry meatloaf in a brown school lunch bag not in your pockets you know i never you know what i'm not going to say anything about the meatloaf that i ate as a kid <laughs> i'm going to stay <laughs> neutral <laughs> so it's about to say something about the the quality and the unwillingness to ever bring something like that uh to to school i've since learned that meatloaf can be better okay you you your meatloaf is very good i should make that meatloaf again 
It was good. It had por- like some ground pork in it, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of fucked up. It was good. I've done one with like a bacon wrap with like a maple gla- with like a glaze on it on top. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, Shit, can you make that? Did you <laughs> open the um, the thing that I texted to you about standardized time? The thing that. Um. No, I might have missed it. I just sent Sorry. you a link to a Wikipedia article that's and with the comment, "I want this." Oh. Uh, and it was something that I saw somebody posting about, uh, just thinking about, um, infinite jest and reordering time and re-standardizing, mm-hmm. uh, time. The concept is for a standardized yearly calendar, uh, that does two things. It makes every month the same length, which is four exact weeks. Okay. It Love means that. that every day of each month falls on the same day of the week so each month starts the first on a sunday Mm -hmm. and ends the 28th on a saturday Saturday. yep yep uh but what that also means is that you add a 13th month to keep everything going and that month goes between june and july and it's called soul sol yeah and then uh what that all comes out to standardizing is a perfect year where Every day of the week falls on the same uh, day of the month uh-huh. where every year, like every year, like May 5th is the same day of the week between days. And then to make it finally work, you simply add another unnumbered day between December 30, December 28th. Purge. And yes. And, <laughs> and January 1st. That's just year day. Year day. Uh, I here here's my only problem with it. It yes. sounds very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, but if you're born on a Monday, when are you ever gonna have a fun birthday, man? Are you gonna have a fun party? You ever have a party on a different day? Can't have your own birthday, your own fucking birthday. You gotta uh, go to do a Friday or Saturday. Maybe you can. Your birthday can switch. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. It would really mess up the astrology. Oh yeah, the the astrology hose would be furious. Yes, but I it's as I was reading about this, I was like, yes, this is the rational way to construct a year, and I I want it. I want, I mean, I I accept that thing about birthdays switching around being good because eventually you get your weekend for yeah. a b- birthday. But the order, the yeah, precision, the order. I just I'm like, oh sorry, uh, my mom my mom is calling me. Okay, well then let's <laughs> let's wrap for today. I'm sorry. All right. We'll see you soon. Sorry that we left. All right. Bye. Bye.